Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. Today I've got Andrea. And Andrea just shared a little bit with me about her, and it's quite a quite an incredible, incredible story. So I thought it'd be cool if we start maybe with your childhood and what, what it was like growing up for you. Um uh I'm Andrea to close the light for life. My childhood, I was raised in a cult. I dealt with physical, mental, and physical abuse. I was even had cigarette burns. And I'll be very honest, it was a cult that liked to sacrifice things. And mm-hmm. I was raised from childhood to be a sacrifice. Oh, it was wow. really horrible. They, they got me out of there just before they were going to do it at age 11. The police came in and arrested oh, 175 people. And I was placed into under protective custody in a foster mom home. And I was there to the age of 21 um, when I got a job as a corrections officer. Uh, I was a law enforcement explorer. I did that for seven years. I gained all my experience working in jails and I did parades. I did all sorts of crazy stuff, but it was a wonderful time in my life. I, my, my first night I, at, at my foster moms, I hid under a table because I did not know what table manners are or what utensils were. I had to learn that. So I had to scramble for food, which, you know, they took my food away from me. It was not nice. It was, you know, but I've come to move past that. So that, but going through my teenage years into that it was quite different you know i didn't know what a bed was i did not i had i I didn't even realize to to own anything of my own and i worked to get money for food and clothes and it was i how can i put it you know it's one thing i just i like to leave in the past but it's Mm. part of my story and it's made me who i am i am strong strong-willed and um i have values that were instilled into me by my foster mom that i i take with me today of love kindness and compassion and hope and it they are so deeply embedded into me that it's a part of who i am so mm-hmm. so even when i was a corrections officer I, 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 everybody says I never wrote infractions because I found there were other ways to handle problems with inmates, you know, working in the jail and other stuff like, well, you could clean the bathroom with a toothbrush. This is as a teenager. I worked in a jail. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, when they bring drunks in or something, they left me or I was a jail matron. This is as a law enforcement, but I knew what I was doing. And this is what gave me all the experience to get my job at 21, which back then was a very difficult 300 people. And I got the job and I was only 21 and it was amazing because women were not really meant way back 30 years ago, meant to work in prisons. So Mm. men's prisons, there was only about five of us who worked there. Well, I guess I kind of went over my childhood and a little bit into adulthood but oh no however it goes (laughs) yeah so that that's quite a you've been through quite a lot Andrea yes 
and how how is that I'm just curious how has that shaped your view of the world and your well, view of God as well you mentioned faith faith in God being something that well my faith is very much like in the Bible that's part of it in my business that you, you have to build your found I still deal with depression and stuff and I'll talk about that later on what I'm doing to rectify that is you got to have a strong faith. You can't build a house on a sand. You can't build a business on sand. You have to build it on solid rock. In fact, my home I've lived in for 33 years is on rocks. So, you know, you got to build, you got to build on rocks and build a solid foundation. Otherwise it, it, it falls apart. And, um, you know, I'm not perfect. And I, I'll be the first, if I make a mistake, uh, my faith gives me something to go by. You know, I, I pray and read my Bible and meditate every morning. And I'm in a 12-step group for Overeaters Anonymous for my eating disorder. But without faith, you don't have hope or perseverance. And, you know, I, I've, I was given a crocodile one time because I never let go of things until I complete them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know faith is very important you know it, it can shape who you are and give you good values and good principles to live by and you need those otherwise you know you can't do anything in this world or you become i have you know what's interesting is i never became bitter i mm. never became I was angry for a long time. I will admit I dealt with a lot of anger issues and I'm coming out of those. It's, you know, the, I guess for me, the one big thing about being an OA for 33 years, it prevented me from going into bitterness and my foster mom prevented me from going into bitterness because bitterness, once it's rooted is like a weed and takes over your life. And I'm so glad I never turned that direction that, you know, it was just, you know, I guess, you know, faith gave me no bitterness. Right. Lots, I do. I think that's quite amazing as well. Um, that in, in spite of everything, there's this faith there. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I think anger, like that's, I, we all got anger. <laughs> and from those situations, um, yeah, anger arising is like the least of the concerns. <laughs> so it's quite amazing considering everything that happened that you're here. You did you mentioned before that it's like that you're still here. You're still here. I'm, st I'm still kicking at the age of 55. And, you know, coming through being injured on the job by an inmate and spent two years in a rehab facility. And, you know having to relearn to walk, talk and do all that and being told I was going to at one year be a vegetable for the rest of my life. And I says, no way, I, I'm not a vegetable. I read lots of books and got out of there in three years. I went back to school and finished up my bachelor's and master's degree in public policy and nonprofit and actually turned that into a nonprofit for people with psychiatric disabilities. So don't tell me what I can't do. I, I will prove you wrong. You know, that's my attitude. I will do the footwork to get whatever I need done. And um, I let my gut be my guide. 
I don't go out and read a bunch of fancy books or anything because I figured God is my CEO of my life and you know, other people in my life are partners because also ego. I don't like to have ego. That's easing God out because when you have that kind of attitude, it's, it doesn't get you anywhere except, you know, I, I always jokingly read in my affirmations that I'm going to be the one-tenth of one percent of a hundred percent. And I firmly believe that because I look at where I've come from and where I'm at today. And I never used to consider myself a winner, but I do now. To me, the difference between a winner and a loser is the winner is willing to put in the footwork and the work. And a winner is going to sit there by the road and say, poor me, you know. And when people start telling me their story about this and that, I just think, well, do you want to know my story? You know, and, the, and, I, and I says, are you going to complain? I says, it does, complaining doesn't do you any good. All that does is get you depressed. And, but one thing I have found lately, a special treatment called TMS, it goes on for 34 days and can rectify PTSD, um, anxiety, and depression. And at the end of it, they, they're finding that they have a 75% success rate. So I always go out and find things to help myself after this past year. And just, I've come out of so much after finances, health, you know, and getting through all that. Oh yeah, I exercise every day. And, you know, it's, It's not always easy. It's not easy. I, I will be the first one to do that. I try to do a Facebook live every night and I do con I put out, we put out about 50 to a hundred pieces of content a day. And, but the thing is, you know, despite my struggles, you have to have purpose, you know, you know, just simple purpose, you know, just to be, I jokingly say you have to be like a, a a bonfire on a hill so people can see that you know they can come to the bonfire and warm themselves and you can be a light and it's kind of fun to be a light to folks and you know just plant seeds everywhere and you know we i i've been accepted to write in an article in a, in a um secular magazine for 12 months an author of, of you know being on a newspaper that reaches 79,000 people so we'll reach between 2 million to 4 million people this year and um, which is a lot as far as I'm concerned between the magazine and other things so I think that's incredible you know um, it's just me and two other people <laughs> doing all this Ray and Pauline or their names they're great And, and treating people, whether they be people you're working with or your pain, treat them like human beings. Listen to their feelings, you know, because I rather would have a tender heart than a hard heart because a tender heart, at least you're more sensitive. But I also firmly believe that those who leave negative comments, they must have a problem themselves if they have to leave a negative comment. Mm. And I just have, you got to have empathy.
it's not always easy to have empathy, even for my mom who's still alive, which whether or not you know it, I've actually forgiven because resentment doesn't get you anywhere except plant those seeds of bitterness. And, you know, forgiveness is a huge thing. You know, it may be take you a while, but forgiveness, I firmly believe is for me, not somebody else. And even this TMS treatment, it's my body. It's my life. God gave me this life. My life is getting better and better, you know, and it's just, you know, you never know, you know, you know, you never know when you're, if you're going to wake up in the morning, you should say thank you to God for waking up every morning and having a life. It, you know, some days I have hard times like today, this past weekend, I, I dealt with some depression, but I, I take care of myself, you know, and I limit my work hours. Um, but I, I keep putting it out there, you know, and and that's all God asks of me is to do my best. And, you know, so what, what do you want next? <laughs> well, what I really loved about that was everything you've been through. So have you heard of Viktor Frankl? Uh, I, no, I haven't. I will be the first to admit. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Frankl, um, was a psychologist um, in the times of World War II. Okay. He was in a Nazi concentration camp and he wrote a book. Oh, yeah, I, I, that's right. Schindler's List? No, no, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, I, I've heard of that book. Yes, I've read yeah. the book. Oh, cool. Yeah, so what I really like about Frankel is because he's been through that, when he says something like, like one of his most powerful quotes is the last, regardless of anything, we can always choose our, our attitudes is at least how yeah. I take it. When he says that it has so much more power to when I say it. And so when you say what you have just said about not complaining, that has so much power to it. And it's just amazing because just hearing that from you, and I love what you said about, well, do you want to hear my story? But you didn't say it. I noticed you didn't say it in like a comparison. You didn't, it was just out of like, like you've got, there's nothing to complain about, you know? Um, I, I just found that really powerful and moving um, and hope that the listeners will see that as well. Um, not in like any judgmental way, not to condemn. Cause I think the last thing any of us want, like you just mentioned, you tend to heart, you don't want to condemn anyone. It's just to say, look, you know, there is nothing to complain about <laughs> in like a, with a sort of smile on your face. And you know, <laughs> I find that amazing. That's absolutely, it's like a gift of grace. But what, what, um, what I seem to see is there's just this grace, um, that, that is very graceful <laughs> yeah no, no other way about it um yeah it's quite amazing I'd, I'd love to know get a bit more into your how you see the world and, um and what you know, formed that what formed that for you i jokingly say i take these are my glasses and you have a choice and i've done this on some of my facebook lives you can look at glasses backwards and you can't see 
but you can put your glasses on and you can see. Mm. And, you know, if you listen, um, you, um, I guess my view on the world is that, yeah, it's been difficult. And yeah, I, I get depressed sometimes, but I've been working on getting past that through special treatment. I'm always on the lookout for ways to help myself and help other folks. And my psychiatrist at TMS is actually reviewing my books is gonna give me a quote. He's a 30 year old gentleman of the head of a psychiatric and he thinks it's incredible that I have this going. Um, my view on the world is, you know, we all have choices we can make. You know, a lot of folks say, well, I have no choice. Well, you know what? You do have a choice. You know, I mean, I mean, this past year, I mean, it's been hard on money. I've gone to food banks to keep myself going and, and gotten help. You know, I, don't let your pride get in the way. You know, if you need help, just ask for it, you know, reach out and you can be a light even at a food bank, you know, but I didn't have to use it forever, but I got help when I needed it and I'm coming out of all that, you know, so, you know, I don't let pride get in my way. You know, it's too many people let their pride and ego get in the way and they don't go anywhere. They get stuck. You know, to me, depression is like, excuse my language, people get stuck in shit and stay there and it stinks like crazy. <laughs> and, and, you know, you got to go in and wash yourself off and, you know, and not stay stuck. And I've been stuck. I spent 18 years in darkness, I will at first admit, but I came out of that. And it's just, it's been an incredible journey of learning how to treat people. I've learned that. My business has taught me that. Um, it's taught me a lot. You know, being an entrepreneur, I think if you'd let it happen the way God sees it, it can be part ministry and part business. And, and you learn how to touch people's hearts and turn your difficulties. I, I, I literally feel like I've flipped all my difficulties on their head. They've turned into assets you know, for writing and experience and everything else, you yeah. know, you can do that, you know, but you have to make that choice and be willing to be open mm. and honest about things. Otherwise, it's no good. In fact, my batterer tried to use my story against me and, and say I was crazy and nuts. Mm. Well, I, I jokingly said, go to my Facebook lives to his attorney and my attorney told his and my whole story is there. I, I've been very open and I emptied out my closet there. I have nothing hidden in my closets, all there for the public to see. And, and he, I never heard from him again because his attorney looked at, my attorney told me that he looked at it. He says, oh, it's, it's all there. There's nothing for her to hide. She's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and what, yeah. helps you, what helps you be have that openness and willingness to just empty out the closet and just well you know what an empty out closet if you've got no skeletons in your closet there's nothing that whether you be let me get a better picture um it how can i put it if you have no skeletons in your closet 
there's nothing for folks to attack. Mm -hmm. And in the internet world, I mean, you can spend 25 bucks and get a complete dossier on somebody if you know where they live and their name. I mean, it's that easy on the internet. And it's just like, well, you know what? The internet's exposing people and their secrets. Mm. And since I have no secrets, <laughs> I, 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 I can launch forward. And you know what? Even my people I work with, my my Filipino workers, they've uh, they got trained, I believe, in open communication and creativity and giving people the freedom you work with that kind of way, and mm. treat them with their culture and listen to their feelings. And, and ask how their families are doing. I even went so far to get them health insurance and um, disability insurance in their country, $110 a year. Not even Amazon provide that and they pay them less wages. I pay them doctor's wages, which is $500 a month over there. Because I look at it this way, at least they can have a good life in their country. And, you know, I think, that's being socially responsible too. I, I learned that you gotta be socially responsible. And I, you know, if they have what they need and I've got good medical care and stuff like that, I don't see any reason why they're families and they should go without because if they, they need to see a doctor, they should go. You know, I, I'm not gonna stop them. I don't even, if they need to train themselves on something, I just tell them to do it. If it costs money, just let me know. Because that has probably got my company further along than anything else by treating people that way and giving them freedom to even do planning and let me know. And we work together on that. We are a team. One of the funniest things that I learned that we were a team was at Christmas, they did a uh, animated Christmas card with my doggy at, on elves and their two faces that came out and then put my face on an elf. My doggy was playing a guitar as one of the elves and and um, they said we are a team and from that point on I knew we all clicked you mm. know as far as that so anybody else I add on board I will I will I have learned as far as company culture that's my company culture. It's like a family. I always want it to be that way. And I figured if you start your company culture outright, it, it, it will mean, and in today's world, to be a good leader, you have to be able to collaborate, be able to collaborate and work together. Otherwise, you're not going to go. But I've been learning about blockchain. You know, that's about being collaborative and you know, and NFTs. So this world is, if you can't work with people or whatever, you're going to be left behind. Mm. Right. You've had so many experiences, so many different from, from your childhood now into this. And it sounds like you, you mentioned your, your foster mom, the the kindness and the compassion that she raised you with i can really see it you know like it's not something you're just speaking about it's just it's what you are um and it's really reflecting in all areas of of your life uh which is amazing <laughs> yeah that's so cool and how your business i'd love to know how that came to be like from your 
experiences in working in prison. When did you decide to just? I I started two years ago on my coffee table. Oh, cool. And, and then my boyfriend didn't run it too well, and then he ran it into the ground. Nine months ago, I restarted it, and I started from nothing to what you see today, and it's been a lot of work, but. Even through all these trials and tribulations, is kept going. And since I believed in training and letting my folks sometimes even take the reins, you know, I'll be very honest. My company is based on trust, hmm. and I have a couple rules: no backbiting, no gossiping. Those are things for immediate dismissal because those break down a company more than anything else. And、hmm. and and. That's not love, kindness, and compassion, and that's what my business is, you know. And even B to B, and you know, all these different things, because, you know, I mean, that's what we're we're about. You know, it was born out of my spirituality, the reborn of it, born out of my spirituality, and, and that's why it's here. You know, that's why if you go on my Facebook page, you you will see that, and also for personal development, and we are figuring out ways to use what we have to reach different markets, and but our world needs this right now. I mean, I, I've got people just waiting for me to finish my book. You know,、uh, you know, on anxiety. I I, I did that.、It、took me three months to write that one. That that that's my biggest deal of all because it goes through everything. It's a 15-week thing that takes people through looking at their anxiety ways. You can imagine, and my psychiatrist is looking forward to it because he may use it for his patients. And because a lot of books that are written like that. Oh, I'm also a former hoarder turned declutterer. That's where declutter's delight came from. A meditation. <laughs> Yeah, I, I emptied out about ninety percent of my house, and as far as my business, it was born out of my hoarding, to put it bluntly.、Right. I, I, you know, so declares the light for life. I thought, you know, you know, what a thing. You know, you declare your house of a bunch of stuff. I can now even pull my car in the garage. You know,、right. I got rid of so much. I love getting rid of stuff now, and I love to help other folks do the same.、Right. And and. You know, decluttering, decluttering life. You know,、mm. this is what you know. It's all about our podcast is declares life. Life. It's about life, sharing, experience, strength, and hope.、Mm. And as far as business aspects of it, people come first, money comes second. Because if if you put it that way, my people, my business come first, customers come second. I come third. Third, but very at the top of it is God, and you now this is my company breakdown for when I'm starting to make profits. Twenty percent goes to my church, twenty-five for operating expense, five percent for a profit sharing plan, and twenty-five percent to me. The reason I have, but that will be piled back into the company because you now. I also run my company out of my pension. I have created no debt. You know, I've come this far and created no debt, and I, I I've had offers already for people to come in with venture capital, and I've turned them down because they wanted too much for my company. I know I've got something, and 
I don't want venture capital to put it blunt because they tell you what to do. And I don't want to be told what to do. I, I, I live that way for most of my life being told what to do. And I did not believe in myself. You know, it's taken me a long time to learn to really believe in myself. And if some, if they want to let me run my company the way I want, I will accept it as a gift. But, you know, I, I think it's important that I run my company the way it needs to be ran. And I would rather do it the old fashioned way, hard work, you know, putting it out there, you know, trust. I, good companies I researched are built on trust and, and trusting in your people. If they make a mistake, you are ultimately responsible for that. But, you know, I think trust is also a good thing in businesses and what you do, because when folks can trust you, you can, um, you know, a lot of our world is not built on trust, mm -hmm. but if you build trust into what you do, people will trust themselves. And it's like, I look at this way, it's like dropping a pebble in a pond and you, the ripples ripple out from there. And, you know, I think trust also goes along with love, kindness, and compassion, because when people feel trusted, they'll actually perform better. Mm -hmm. I think what, what I see here, um, which is really valuable for, for anyone listening, um, is that you've really turned everything onto his head. <laughs> so whatever's happening in the, without any excuses, you just went for it. Um, and so whatever's happening in whoever's listening in my life as well, any, anything that we perceive as a negative could also be the, the catalyst for like, like for you, you turn, you literally turn cluttering into a business. <laughs> so nothing's a negative unless we see it that way. Uh, it's a potential little hidden gift in it. If we're willing, like you said, if we're willing and open to, to see it. And I totally agree. I think in terms of trust, company trust, if you don't have trust in a company over time, it will naturally just degrade. Even like all those big, massive companies, huge companies before 2008, the biggest companies in the world, they all, they all collapse. Where are they now? <laughs> They're all gone. Now all the, the new businesses that I see, the ones that I can see do really well, are the ones all based on integrity, principles, trust. That's at the heart of it. Um, if, it if it's not there, even if they make some profit for, and they get away with it for like a few months or years eventually the cat's coming out of the bag someone's going to find it um and everything's going to degrade yeah and I, I particularly like the the stories of those companies in the financial crisis that uh they took out so the major the major players at the top of the of the company took money out of their own accounts or to, to give to the rest of the people to ensure everyone survives and gets along and gets well. I think that's amazing. And overall that will actually lead to everyone else getting more out of it because yeah, without people, what's a company? It's just a thing. Oh, I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be very honest. My company was born during COVID. I kept putting out a, 
message, have hope, have hope. I read a section in my Bible on hope every day. It's almost in my head, Bible verses. And um, it's literally born out of COVID and it's, you know, things that are coming out of COVID, you know, I was born during COVID and I got through all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, those ones that are coming out of that and kept going are going to be the ones who make it, you know, who didn't complain. And I just see too many people complaining, like poor me, you know, you know, I, I you know, our government's given away $1,400 and $600 for stimuluses and gave $600 a week to people not to work. Well, companies now are having to give incentives for people to work because they had, they got to stay home and receive unemployment. Well, you know what? They pulled that, you know, and people are now having to go look for work. You know, I'm supposed to be disabled. I'll be very honest. I'm supposed to be disabled and not able to function, but you know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. You know, I, I receive a pension and everything, but I haven't used that as an excuse. I, 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 the reason I have created what I, I'll be very honest, part of why I also created this thing is I want better access to better health care because I knew if I had more funds, like the TMS treatments, which can get rid of my depression and, and, and stuff like that, it's enabled me to get better health because health is a big issue for me. I also deal with diabetes too and, and take medications for that. And about six different disabilities, like I said, I, I should not be functioning, but I have not used that as an excuse because you can do more than you can think you can do if you if you set your mind to it. I'll be, I'll be very honest, my mind is not always perfect every day, but I don't want perfection, you know, progress, not perfection, you know, you know, and if you can strive that way, you can, you know, you know, you know, it's sometimes it's just baby steps. And as long as you can do baby steps, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. Yeah. I guess sometimes we have a picture of wanting everything now, <laughs> uh, forgetting that. How do we get there? Why you know? one step at a time that's definitely something i've had to learn as well um just making one step forgetting because when i when for myself when i hold something in mind as like attained and i forget where i am instead of just focusing on where i am and what's the next step what's the next step what's the next step and that helps me just you know make I, show this, I show this people to very often yeah <laughs> Be, it says be in the moment for listening. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's all we could ever be, really. It's just we could think that we're not there and then we get all overwhelmed and confused. <laughs> yeah. And we're not in the moment. But that's all we ever live is really in the moment. Even when we do have a big successful business, we're still in the moment and there's still, that, that's all we ever live. <laughs> I think it's really funny on the, presence be in the moment yeah that's all all we ever are but the mind always tells wants us to be somewhere else i actually yeah. find that have you noticed that for yourself is that something yeah you know people worry so much about the future but us beginning where we're at from at this podcast that's the past now and where as i talk that's the present moment we can plan i call it 
you can plan goals and outcomes, but it's the journey along the way that actually makes the success. And you should always be looking beyond the goals. And I also look at goals as only guideposts because things can change. Mm. And sometimes you have to reassess things. You know, it's a good business nowadays is flexible. You have to be flexible. Nothing is written in stone, but there are certain principles that are written in stone as, as far as principles, integrity, honesty, different things I've talked about. You know, those are written in stone, like the Ten Commandments were. <laughs> yeah, if you ever watch the movie The Ten Commandments, it you know talks about right, you know, you know certain things written in stone. You know, you know, having to start this business at fifty-five, I look at this way. It gives me a purpose. You know, and all the stuff I'm coming through and now coming out of to see the light, you know, as of, you know, but yeah, if you only knew what this past year has been like, it's been a trial and tribulation, but, you know, I kept going and it's, it breaks, it brings tears to my, to realize I didn't know if my home was, if I was going to be homeless and lose my home because my battery didn't make the payments and all that. But I've had faith and, and you know, and that hope. And look at where I'm coming and where I'm going. It, it just, I don't know. It's like, wow, you know, more's coming, you know, and it's just, you know, in a month or two, I'm going to go take a week and go to the ocean and go play. You know, I had a nice place, you know, it just, how can I say it? That's all I've ever had in my life is faith and hope to get through all this. And I have, and to realize that you can come through so much and when i got a, I also paint rocks and I, I look i always have this rock out there it says just do the next best thing mm -hmm. and it you know i consider myself a winner mm -hmm. i may not be making lots of money yet but i'm a winner just for I figured if I've come this far in nine months, where am I going to be nine months from here? You know, who, who knows, but we are planning and, and we're doing that. And we're setting goals. We like, we do goal planning, like from micro down to um, macro down to micro with all our people, everybody has input. I don't care who they are. And I've got, coaching training we got a coaching association coming online we did an in-house publishing house for my books and they're going into kindle some of my books already are going into kindle and audible and stuff so we got we're, we're even getting our books recorded not just virtually but they're being recorded we got that done so you know people i'm trying to hit people's all their learning styles you know, like 
our videos, we put the words down at the bottom so people blind. Knowing having disabilities, you have to respect those because mm. there's a lot of folks out there that can't listen, but they can read. So you, I also firmly believe in what I do is having dealt with disabilities, you also have to give people a leg up, you know, and provide for that, you know. And one of my things I've thought about as far as my coaches is I want to train people who are on disability to be a coach. So they have a good source of income as coaching comes online here. I, I, I got a scheduling system. I, I've got all these pieces and parts that took time to build. And now um, I want to have folks who don't have a lot to become coaches because I think even myself being a coach, they have that experience level of understanding people and the tenderness of heart that a lot of folks don't have who call themselves coaches. I've talked to a lot of folks who are coaches on LinkedIn and I wonder, you know, where did they get their experience? I got 50 books in there on coaching and ethics and other stuff. And it's just like, I ask them about ethics and I, I says, I don't see any coaching courses teaching on ethics. A third of my course is on ethics because if you're going to be a coach, you got to have ethics with it. I firmly believe you've got to be firmly planted. And if you're going to train folks, you've got to really put that into coaching because you're having dealt with mental health for so long. I find that you, you're playing with people's lives. And you've got to be careful. You know, you could hurt people and if you don't do things right. And I don't want folks, I want folks to be taught well and quickly and easily and have ethics. Mm -hmm. At least that's part of what I do. And I figured if they have that grounding, that makes for better relationships. And I also find, you know, talking to people and coaching people. I always tell folks, coaching is like talking to a good friend. You know, that's what it comes down to, being able to talk to a good friend in such a way that you can give feedback that mm -hmm. is positive, but will also help enlighten them in ways that mm -hmm. will let them see the light. Hmm. All right. So if you could leave... Uh listeners with one thing what would it be i'm going to say two things sure. have hope and put one foot in front of the other <laughs> beautiful and where where could the listeners find learn more about you uh they can find me at declares delight for life www.decltters delight d-e-l-i-g-h-t f-o-r-l-i-f dot com or you can look at reach out to me on all the linkedin you can reach out to me on instagram facebook i have a ton of free content on facebook and tiktok and I'm trying, my next thing is establish Clubhouse and get that going. I have to change my phones in order to do Clubhouse. <laughs> so, 
I have to wait for the money. I pay as I go. Right. And everything that you've been created, there is no absolutely no debt. I'm very proud of that because companies that don't have debt are are could can grow and not worry about being set, you know, laden down with debt. Cool. And I'll leave a link in the description. So thank you so much. And I'll be up that I'll be updating that because there's a lot more I need to add to it. Ah, so later. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here, listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I did. And Great. have a wonderful day.